Welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Brennan. I'm Michael. Miamne. I'm Sam. <laughs> what was that? Well, because I started to say it when you said it, and then I... Uh, I, I loved it. it. That was great. <laughs> and I, I set my microphone stand a little bit higher than I normally do, so I actually have good posture this time. So let's see if it affects my resonance. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway. I'll be taking notes. Please. Um, so we are here to talk about... The perfection. You asked for it. You got it. We're doing the shit. Um, but first, tea time. Spill it. What have we been watching? We actually haven't recorded in like two and a half weeks, so it could be anything. I uh, started watching Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm hearing that people are just like, "Oh, I've heard of this show. Let's get let's get it started now." Yeah, I was like, I need to understand the internet again. Fair like, enough. You know. <laughs> So, so had to start. for somebody who has zero interest in Game of Thrones, could you summarize Same. what that show is? Oh, I definitely can't. I just started. <laughs> How, How far are you in? Yeah. I watched the first season. Oh, okay. Okay. That, okay. That's not nothing. You're a season in. I mean, that's almost I still all of what I've seen. Like so many, I'm like, I don't know what any of these white people's names are. Like I, <laughs> what? Yeah. But I am glad I started. I'll definitely finish it. Okay. I just needed, you know, I feel like sometimes we've talked about, I've talked about before my hesitance to like, or like my lack of desire to really get caught up in these white people stories. It's cause mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'm, I hit capacity sometimes because there's just so much out there already. And I feel like previously when I was working at a job that was almost all white, I'm like, am I not watching a show full of white people all day, every day? And I just didn't, <laughs> I couldn't talk myself into watching it, but now, you know, I'm usually by myself. And so I'm like, I can, I can take it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sounds good. Do you have a favorite character so far? Oh, yeah. Definitely um, that dragon bitch. What's her name? <laughs> uh, Khaleesi. Yeah. She was the Khaleesi. Uh, Daenerys, Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Bitch Puddin. Is that not dragon I guess, bitch. That dragon bitch. She's, yeah, I like her. <laughs> that dragon bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Spinoff. Yeah. Anyway, Sam, what have you been watching? Yeah, so speaking of white people <laughs> stories, um, I'm watching The Society. Guys. What even? What is this? So I'm about to just... Just give me an hour and a half, and I'm going to walk you through it. Just kidding, but this is, um, I am obsessed. Here's the thing. At okay. first, it was not what I wanted to watch. Like, I watched the first episode kind of as a joke, and I'm like, ah, what am I, what is this? And I imagine, I would describe it to you if you have not, not you don't know what this is. It's like Lord of the Flies uh, meets Lost, but I've never read Lord of the Flies, and I haven't seen Lost, but <laughs> it's what I imagine those things are, if you know them. Um, and these kids just show up to this they go on a field trip and the field trip, they, the bus driver turns around and drops them off at midnight. And he's just like, all right, everybody out. The roads were closed and they go back and the <laughs> town is empty. Ooh. So here's the thing. I was okay. watching it like hate watching. Cause like these kids don't fucking ask questions. Hey, uh, who are the bus drivers? Where are the adults? Like nobody's trying to solve. They meet in the middle of the night and just like inexplicably to be like, Hey, things are weird. And they're like, yeah, it is. Let's go back to bed. I don't even... <laughs> it's, like, infuriating, the choices they make. Well, so, look, as children, wouldn't you have kind of this inherent trust in the systems that are there for you? I mean, or at least some children, because people have been, like, guiding and leading them their entire lives. You're just kind of like, well, why would I question this? Like, you don't tend to learn that until later, I feel. These people, that they're they're idiots. And maybe that's why I don't like children. <laughs> They're like young kids, right? Aren't they like 17, 18, right? They're 17. They're old enough to fuck because they do like all the time. It's amazing, guys. So (laughs) if you can get past 
<laughs> the first like three trash bucket episodes, you will be hooked. Like I was like, I was like texting people in my life. Like, can you just start this? Just start it just so I can talk to somebody. And then if you can make it to the Thanksgiving episode, it has a Thanksgiving episode. <sighs> It the is, one where Monica cooks. I need right. season two inside me now. So I'm just uh, just to throw it out there though. Layer this is the bringing it back to queer culture. Yes. Um, it is the best. He's sauteed in beef and onion. <laughs> I'm listening. Sam. No, no, no. Sorry, it's Michael all good. and I are having a moment. No, and I like. We're him. rude. Uh, yeah. Super rude. Fuck us. Please continue. I was paying attention to your and Jordan Cruciola's like Twitter. Um, because session about it. This is my favorite part about the, that like tweet storm was like Jordan's like kind of like I'm on the fence and I'm like yeah this is why it's like my ex you know like I just keep going back and then uh, it just evolved into this passion that we both realized we have for this thing that we don't want to admit that we love <laughs> not because there's a guilt aspect but I mean it is it's trash and it becomes so good okay but this is all I want to say and then. I, I'm sorry, but that'd be first. I'm sorry. But uh, Grizz and Sam, there's a relationship on this show that is how to write a queer side character. If you write TV and you're listening right now, <laughs> write complete character arcs. And I mean, they, they, they are, it is so rewarding in a way that no other aspect of the show is. Um, <laughs> I, I, I find my, I, I was crying every scene like halfway through the season on just because I connected so hard and I felt like I was watching something I've been through. So cool. And where can people watch this series? In Netflix. Oh, it stars Catherine oh, Newton. Right? Yeah. And she's, yeah. I love her. As fuck. Mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu. Character. Yeah. Is she back in big little eyes season two? She has to be probably. I haven't seen hope it. So yet. it starts next week. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited for Meryl. Uh, uh, look, Big Little Lies season one is really, really good, yeah. but it's like a totally complete story. I mean, it is. Yeah. I hesitate that they're doing what a season that two. Uh, that's the HBO on? series about HBO. suburban moms in Monterey, so you probably didn't watch it because of that. Um, <laughs> but it's Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, I'm going to watch that. Shailene Woodley, Laura Dern, Zoe yeah, Kravitz. I like any show with lies in it in the name, you know? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's line. so amazing. I'm like, oh, I know this is going to be I loved. lit. Yeah. How show. far into Pretty Little Liars did you I get? watched the whole thing. Yeah, Because, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, even as absurd as it gets, and you're like, fuck my life. Like, are you serious? You, are they in a dollhouse? What am I watching? <laughs> oh, nay, the best part about Big Little Lies is seven episodes. Season oh, one's only seven episodes. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Seven okay. perfect episodes. Seven perfect episodes. And it's a murder mystery. Hmm. Or, I don't want to. It, yeah, it, it, it's a it's, mystery. It's a twist on a mystery. It's really, yeah. really If you can get past kids that talk like they're 50 years old, uh, then you'll love oh, the show. Oh, well, that was me. <laughs> I love <laughs> And also, Michael, part of the reason that we haven't recorded in a while is because he went to Paris. I did. So, how was Scream 4? <laughs> <laughs> Scream 4 is great. <laughs> also, how was Paris? <laughs> I actually didn't watch it in Paris. I did a lot of what? Um, I did a lot of eating. I walked. Okay, I was there like seven full days. I walked forty-seven miles. What the Whoa! One hundred and ten thousand steps, and ate so much fucking food. It was so amazing. Um, but my favorite thing that we did while we were there, besides visit Brian's uh, sister, who lives in Paris with her husband and her two-year-old daughter. And our best friends were with us too, which was great. But uh, I went to this Van Gogh exhibit, exhibit, exhibit <laughs> at um, Lumiere, and it was Ooh. beautiful. It was <clears throat> this giant factory 
just or a warehouse. Imagine like a big warehouse, and they had screens on every wall, floor to ceiling, and they were probably like 50, 50 foot high. Okay. And then they had round ones in the middle, and it was it started with a Japanese presentation, which was just this like a really amazing. It's all illumination. It was all illuminated art. So it was just really amazing Japanese seven minute, like essentially a short film on all of these walls and on the floor and on the ceiling. So like you're immersed in it, you just walk around and everything's displayed in front of you. But they did the, the main thing was a Van Gogh exhibit, which was essentially all of his works. But they like, I love when they take like still photography and paintings and shit and they make it move. (laughs) There's like no other way I can describe it. And it was just like, a musical presentation of his work, but they made it all move and wow. it was just so oh. beautiful wow. so and all those gorgeous. Strokes must have nice. Oh my God. It was yeah. insane. And you're like, and like, no matter where you looked, it was something different. Mm. And it was just like, I can't really describe it. I should, we should, I'll link the website next when this airs. Um, so people can see like what, what it's about, but it was really great. I'm not like a huge art person. Like Brian's super into art. He could go to any museum for hours on end, and he, we went to a lot of museums while we were while we were there. But I was super into this, so um, it's probably a scream on the scream scale for me. Okay, so not <laughs> the best, not <laughs> but still okay. very good. Still very very good. Okay, yeah. essential. Yeah, essential viewing. Essential. Yeah, viewing. so it runs in Paris. You can get there through the end of the year. <laughs> I'm hoping they'll bring it to the U.S. Because that would be amazing. Well, I loved when you were in Paris because you were awake during my awake hours. So I could text you. They and I were texting a lot. <laughs> what are your awake hours? I feel like, well, 1 a.m. is my most awake. Like, that's when I, I always start my best work. So I should text you after a dig appointment. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and it yeah, was like 10 a.m. for me. Yeah, you <laughs> so know, it's not going that well. You're like, you know what? I bet Nay's awake. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. texting with her at like 9 a.m. It was perfect because I, I knew know. Nay would be up. So I'm like, hey, what's <laughs> yeah. up, girl? Yes, at one point, BJ was texting me like, she texted me, bitch, what are you doing up? And BJ Colangelo and I had to be like, dude, I'm in Paris. <laughs> but it was like, she thought it was like four in the morning in L.A. And I was just like up texting about the dumbest shit. Um, in the spirit of tea, may I ask what your least favorite part of Paris was? Oh, God. The spirit of tea. I mean, as a person who used to smoke and like, it's been a long time since I've smoked and I still really fucking miss it. Mm. Um, everyone in fucking Paris smokes. You did text me that at some point. So, Everybody smokes. <laughs> like it annoyed me because it smelled and like you'd be every cafe, everyone's smoking outside. But at the same time, I was like, motherfuckers, they're so lucky because <laughs> I wanted to grab cigarettes out of people's hands yeah. and smoke them. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do it anywhere, right? You when, look so glamorous there. It's Hearing, gorgeous. Mm, glamorous cigs. The, yeah, glamorous oh, cigs. So Why I started. Glamorous gays. So many handsome men in Paris. Um. So yeah. Patty. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I I was trying to find a point where like a balance between not being judgmental towards cigarette smoking, but also like, cause I really want to watch you just take things out of people's hands, mm-hmm. but I also don't want you to like fall off the smoking wagon. Right. So I was like trying to figure out where in the support spectrum I was standing. Um, well, I didn't smoke. No, as long as so. I'm a mad, like if you take them out of the hands, just like put them out. So you don't start a fire mm-hmm. and just throw it somewhere fun. 
Mm-hmm. I'd be into that. Like a purse or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good way to get your ass whooped, Michael. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so my tea time has a little amuse-bouche with it. Wow. Because um, I also watched Nailed It season three. Oh my God, I watched that. That was the one thing I watched in Paris. It's so good. Yeah. Um, the contestants are hotter. They're more likely to fail that at weird things. one tall gay guy that was mm-hmm. like a dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me more. I okay. was Googling um, after. No, but there's a... <laughs> no, Nicole Byer is She's the an angel My from queen. from heaven. Yeah, and there's this really wonderful part where this guy makes her a cookie and she chews on it and she's like, "Well, uh, it had the uh, texture of like a a bread, like a walnut <laughs> bread." And she's like, "I liked it," <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about Aladdin. <laughs> oh wow! Wow. Which I did see in theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty vehemently anti-Disney live-action remake, mm-hmm. especially because they're making all the animal ones. And frankly, look, I don't want to sound like a sociopath, but I do not care about movies with animal protagonists. It's like, I don't see myself in you, sir. Like, sit down, Baloo. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, tell me how that's not an animated film. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, the new Lion King movie is just, like, nature shots with cartoons. It's, it's who friends are. It's Roger all CGI. Yeah. Yeah. What? No, oh, no, sit down, below. <laughs> Such a big ass down. Mm-hmm. No, but but um, Aladdin. Look, there's a lot of stuff that is l- less than kosher about Aladdin. There's a lot of different ways that people can approach it. I mean, there's obviously the original thing about Aladdin, which is like it's especially the original was a lot of white people making this movie about Arabian Nights and it's very yeah. like exoticism and all that stuff. And um, now there was a kind of casting controversy with the person who played Jasmine, Naomi Scott. She's mm-hmm. like half Indian, half white, but she's not like a, a lot of people. She light skinned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like, I don't really have a, a horse in that race except to support the voices of people who feel that way. Right. Um, yeah. But That's also the best horse in any race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I do want to acknowledge all that, but I'm also kind of a sucker for a production number in a live action movie. And Aladdin is a cartoon that actually mostly stars human beings. Right. So making it into a live action film, the translation isn't as weird. Um, I will say, um, you know, the Ashman Menken music in the original is probably not their best work, but it's Ashman and Menken music. Um, but there is a new song that was written by Pasek and Paul who did the greatest showman. And I love the greatest showman, but putting that song next to the Ashman Menken music does not serve them. Well, they, they rhyme silent with quiet with try it in about (laughs) 15 seconds. (laughs) They rhyme me with me about 32 times. It's, it's, this is me light. It's a very challenging number. You're describing like every NSYNC song, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, it's gonna be me. And it, it's just, it's so inorganic to the movie that they kind of frame it as a dream ballet because they're like, it doesn't work with anything we're doing. Wow. Um, but other than that, I had a good time. <laughs> Will Smith is great. Of course. Um, I think uh, aside from the controversy, do you have something to say, Sam? I mean, did anybody see that clip of him singing no, that Prince Ali song? He's great. Is if it you absurd? Look, 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 look. I it actually, is, it's like Glee season two, like when they hit the auto tune, just like two. turning it's like it season out. Season five. Look, I'm not Prince Ali. Is not. Look, look, look. Okay, I look. Okay. You, girl, you asked. No, 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 no. I will. I, I will say. I 
I have a perverse nature about me in that I like Russell Crowe in Les Miserables because I, I can't figure him out. I can't figure out what he's doing. I, I need to keep listening to him singing stars. And it's an addiction for me. I don't get it. So you're saying you like bad singers. A little bit sometimes. <laughs> love Paris Hilton and Repo the Genetic Opera. I do. Yeah, She's the only thing I like in that movie. Um, I'm just saying I think that the genie is essentially a drag queen in the cartoon. No, no, no. And it would be so cool if they cast a drag queen. I know we're not in that world yet. But, I mean, what are we doing here for not asking for it? So That is is very true um but also will smith is really he uh i'm half i'm kind of paraphrasing film critic dave white so i don't want anyone to think i'm stealing from him if i list, if they listen to him and us which they should um he has a podcast called linoleum knife um but he says he his theory is that will smith's kids made him watch paris is burning before uh, <laughs> before playing the genie and he's kind of <laughs> He lives in this genderless world for the genie where it, it's, it goes from like mask to femme. He performs part of Prince Ali in drag and it's, he just full bore into all of it. And look, while this singing may not be completely on point, his performance is really, really committed. And I really appreciated that because I have not seen him commit in a while. Cause look, I, I saw Collateral Beauty. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, By the way, in theaters and then again, twice on TBD. I love so that trash film. It's a it's an it's interesting. Um but yeah, no, so he's great. Naomi Scott, despite the racial controversies, gives Jasmine an interiority that she kinda doesn't have in the script, so that was interesting. And also Nassim Pedrad, um play from SNL. She plays a new character who's Jasmine's handmaiden. And she's giving one of the weirdest performances I've ever seen. And that is the highest compliment I can give. It's I love Nassim Pedrad. So compelling and so funny and she, you know, she steals every scene she can get out of the movie. I'm gonna see it. Yeah, sold. I'm, I'm in. Sold. I would have seen. I love. Oh wait. <laughs> I love Will Smith. I feel like anyone my age who grew up on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You're just. It's just such a good. Will's the homie. You just feel. It's a feel good. Mm-hmm. Just a feel good presence. Yeah, and he's look. He is the you know the market star of this movie, so they give him a lot to do. <laughs> And he does the most, I'm sure. <laughs> he sure does. Um, anyway, so that's that's my Aladdin corner. Um, <laughs> no, it's not a new marathon, I promise. Um, I'm actually, ooh, um, I'm going to talk to you guys off uh, off mic about it, but I, I am kind of broiling a new marathon that I'm trying to toying okay. with, Got playing okay. with a little bit. Okay. But let's talk about the perfection. The reason we've gathered Spoiler here Spoiler warning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, if you have not seen The Perfection... Straight up, don't even listen to the trailer that we play. Just go watch it, experience it for yourself, and then come back. It's 90 minutes. It's on Netflix. Even if you don't have it, you have somebody's password. Right. You know someone. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so here is the trailer for The Perfection. Or is it? (laughs) Okay, well, um, that doesn't seem to be working. Let me just put it up to the microphone. Ernie went to the bathroom. Sorry, Ernie. This is no. This is no uh, knock on his sound skills. What is happening to me? I'm burning up. It's gonna be okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. Listen to me. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with me, Lizzie. I know. That's why we need to get you help. I'm dying. I'm dying. (laughs) 
What's happening? Oh my god. What's happening? I don't know. You know. <laughs> there are a lot of knowing looks right now, by the way. <laughs> And what you guys can't see is that Netflix is spoiling the entire movie in this trailer. Almost. At least the first act, which is very important. Yeah. I it, I hate that they spoiled so much, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so uh, now that the trailer is done, do we have shady summaries prepared? I'm going to save Michael for last because I think <laughs> it's probably the shadiest. We're not ready for this jelly. <laughs> um, nay, Sam, do you, who, who are you feeling? Whatever. Um, I would say it's the old lesbian tale where uh, two dykes travel together way too early in a relationship. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Um, so close to perfection that I'm not even going to read them for trying to pass bubbly contact paper as a hardwood chapel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and mine is a blissful exploitation treat airdropped on a world so starved for lesbian content we're willing to ignore that almost everyone above the line is a man yes <laughs> all right michael you ready well mine is only about allison williams okay um so in honor of i say this in honor of jada pinkett smith in scream 2 <laughs> <laughs> It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girl getting her white arm cut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, that's really Big good. <laughs> True. Okay. So, Michael. Yes. It seems that you are in the hot seat right now because you. I think based on our text chain that you are <laughs> the only one who doesn't like the Yeah, production. I didn't care for it. Okay, what was your... Wh- at what point did you realize that you didn't care for it? Uh, when they swerved. Okay, so like the swerve 30 happened, minutes I was in. like, eh, fuck did, this movie. Not fuck this movie, but I was, I was in. Like, the first 30 minutes, I was really into it. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought the descent into whether it was going to be madness or an actual disease was super interesting, and it was keeping me on my toes, even though I kind of didn't it's not that i didn't see the swerve coming but i kind of knew like once the swerve happened i knew where the rest of the movie was going and i thought up until that point they were doing a good job of keeping me interested and like kind of guessing what was going to happen next so when they got off the bus i was like all excited for this like Like stranded in the middle of nowhere kind of madness and as soon as that wasn't the case, as soon as I saw the cleaver come out of her fucking like yeah. in her hand, I was like, "Fuck this movie!" Like, well, not even it, like "fuck this movie." I was just like, huh, I, "Like, I was done. I was out." And like everything from then on, mm-hmm. I wasn't buying. Well, any movie that has a swerve like that, so deep into it, and especially a second swerve it's, about half an hour later, right? Like, it'll big throw swings, off some people. I liked. I liked that they took big swings. Mm-hmm. Um. I just felt they needed to hide a little bit more. Like as soon as I saw Allison Williams take out a prescription pill bottle for ibuprofen, I was Thank like, you. "Huge giveaway!" And then when they show her Honestly. give pills a couple minutes later and they're brown, I was like, "Another huge giveaway!" So I just wasn't buying what they were selling after a while. Yeah, the uh, moment she picked up the prescription, yeah, bottle. I was like, oh Spe- "Well, speaking as someone who carries around bottles of ibuprofen, I literally didn't think about it. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense to oh, me.' Oh, I yeah. do but, too. I was like, oh, is it the eight hundred milligrams that you? Uh, have to I get actually a thought about that too. For? Yeah, but 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, in that wig, girl. You are so mad at that like, wig. I was I'm- mad at that wig because the minute she stepped on camera, I was like, they're fucking kidding me with this wig? <laughs> Okay. The wig was like somebody went it to was it. was They tried to like replicate that moment in Justin the Pussycats where they sideways comb her hair. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Too specific? <laughs> no. But, then, but like did it with a dollar store budget. I just kept That's thinking about right. someone that... Yeah, because that was synthetic. Someone but, got the okay. drag queen from RuPaul up in these wigs. Like it was a busted wig. And then it was in a little baby ponytail. That was killing me. Okay. <laughs> no! <laughs> But it was so, like, classical composer, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was some great stuff, too. The costumes were amazing. Allison Williams' first, like, big wardrobe in, like, when they're judging. The, is the is that, like, the, the emerald oh, one? Yes, I loved it so much. And the score was fantastic. Oh, my God. The music for the movie was amazing. I just, I wasn't buying what they were throwing down after a while. Oh, I mean, What did I you think about the contact it. paper in the chapter? <laughs> uh, so, going back to the medication thing, though, as a fan of erotic thrillers specifically homophobic late 80s early <laughs> 90s erotic thrillers mm-hmm. um i don't actually think that we needed the medication to be the twist i think we're supposed or at least for me i i read it as here are the hints because we already saw her note tattoo at that point so we knew that she had more of a secret than she was give, letting on and i think that the medication was a moment where we're supposed to be believing that she's going to single white female her mm-hmm. because this movie to me um, is taking back the power in those homophobic tropes. Ooh. But it's actually giving us a queer relationship where... The sex oh, scene was hot. The sex scene was hot, and they had an actual <laughs> connection, which, and they talked about it after. She goes, hey, was that your first time with a woman? And then they talk about it for a second. I mean, I'm already, like, I'm pulled in, because when I look at erotic th- thrillers, which is the lens in which I was looking at this through for the first act before it became a revenge film... Um, erotic thrillers always make it problematic. Like the sex is dangerous. The sex is what ruins the marriage. The sex is what basically is like the signature on your death note. But couldn't it be looked at as the sex was a complete lie that Alison Williams only did it to well, but, get her to the final phase of her plan. But the but, way the movie swerves back into the third act, like true. they f- have fully united. Like, look at that last shot. Oh yeah. my God. Just a brand new way to scissor. That's all that that was. And I actually never realized that I wanted to lose an arm. Oh, my God. So that I could play an instrument with someone else like that. I didn't know that was one of my fantasies, but now it is. Also, just the the sleek efficiency of fisting. Yo. Like, I was screaming by myself in my house, but like actually out loud when she pulled out her stump to fist her. Oh, Yeah. yeah. That's how I knew this movie was for me. Yeah, absolutely. That was the moment. Absolutely. I, lo- I loved so many things about this movie. <laughs> it was like that. exploitation fans, I see you, here it is. Because for me, I feel like I've been asking myself for a long time, what does an exploitation film in 2019 look like? And how can I enjoy it knowing what I know now? A lot of times I can like kind of like check out and leave some shit on the door. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I go watch something because I know the time it was made, we – they. It was different. But now that we know better, how do we make something like that? To me, the perfection is paint by numbers how we make something like that. But I understand your hesitation. I am just, as a fan of like exploitation films, and honestly, I'll say it, and I think it's, I know that there's a conversation about this online, an ongoing conversation. I am a fan of rape and revenge films. I know that that's not for everybody. I don't believe that um, rape should be a motivating factor in strengthening a character. 
which is what I think this movie takes a stand against. Put a pin in that for a second. Um, I love rape and revenge films like Miss 45. I know that it's a problematic genre and I know it's not for everybody, but as somebody who I know everybody has different experiences and has different reactions when they see things on film. For me, as somebody who has had similar experiences, I feel empowered watching oh, yeah. somebody take that back and fuck with the people who made them a victim. Hell yeah. Same. I would agree with you. Absolutely. Really? As, yeah. Oh my as God. a survivor <laughs> of sexual assault and rape, um, I absolutely yeah. love rape revenge pieces. Yeah. And I would highly recommend you check out BJ Colangelo's episode on rape revenge on shockwaves. Like she puts it out with yeah, such good episode. clarity, um, way more than I could ever even attempt to, but no, you're totally right. Like you get, everyone gets something different out of a movie. Um, we all bring ourselves to it. And that genre is definitely an acquired taste and it's a complicated one, Yeah, but you're not wrong for watching them or, Enjoying them to what in whatever way. Well, there's certain ways that are a little more a little problematic. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's such a difficult thing to talk about. Its portrayal on film, Um, especially because in a lot of early films, it was used to titillate more than to horrify. But I think once you're when you're crossing the line back to like this is a horror film, we're depicting something horrible, and there's a catharsis afterwards. That can work for people. And that's totally, totally fine. You shouldn't doubt yourself because of that. Oh, I, yeah. I think the reason I'm hesitant is just, yeah, it's the backlash of, of admitting that I like something that I know is problematic. We talk about problematic faves a lot on, on the show. And I know that they uh, are most of the time they're not done well. And even those well, they're are usually things, done by men. Right. And in this you case, know, this still case directed was by a man. man yeah. and, I, prefer um, the, are, I, rep- I prefer revenge. Uh, just because it has such oh, a so oh that movie is yeah Ugh, love that movie female like it, to me that flips every single trope on that genre because it it, it has a woman's touch like N- yeah I don't know that anyone is necessarily saying the perfection is better than revenge no I'm not saying that either that's a subjective yeah I I, I didn't Hot take I think it is I know everybody that's loves revenge Sam but I just want to throw it out there uh huh. I mean I definitely prefer watching women seduce each other than like <laughs> <True. you know. laughs> also. Because that was hot. But that whole seduction was well, hot as fuck. And it is a crime we have not mentioned Logan Browning yet. <laughs> who is <laughs> she she is in the top one most beautiful women in the world. She's gorgeous. <laughs> it's true, which was the disappointing part of the movie to me. I'm like, why why her? Like why Allison Williams yeah. or Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, well. is she the first the first dyke to roll through? I know like we needed it to happen for the movie to happen. Well right. I mean they're both on the like same level in their passion. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, as a musician and as someone, you know, who's played an instrument most of my life, like that that definitely added to the heat for me. Yeah, I mean they seem to be more um into each other's talent and I mean, that's got to be it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, they seem to attracted to each other. Um, yeah, I mean, if yeah. you can play cello too like that yeah. to me, then, you They know. were attracted to each other's fingers. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that cross-cutting that of them oh, making music together and then making sweet, beautiful love. I was okay, just ew. like, this is everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved how that went back and forth like that. And it's interesting because we get that male gaze, right? It is a, it is a male director. We, we are seeing, we're seeing uh, queer sex through that lens. So I, I know, like I was hesitant because I didn't know where it was going and it really is the direction yeah. that it went. 
that uh, that worked for me with their sex. Yeah, and to hear how comfortable they were, like in the moment mm-hmm. filming. Um, if you read Jordan's, I did. Part, yeah, of course. Uh, if um, you guys haven't, Jordan Cruciola Vulture. The article is. Let's talk about the insane ending of Netflix's The Perfection. Yeah. Please find it. Yeah. And I love that they were comfortable with that. Like, while filming and after filming, they felt good about what they had made. And I don't know how many people, yeah, get the opportunity to feel that way. So, that's that's dope. Yeah. It is dope. Yeah. Yeah, and... And this is a movie where we do get to see queer sex and there is a lot of violence and pain following for those people inflicted by each other and by other people. But in the end, they are alive. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, No, but at the end, they are alive. They are strong. They are together. And it's this just really beautiful thing Mm -hmm. in this really twisted, demented package. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all dated someone who tried to save us by ruining us. Um, <laughs> so it's like, can relate. Yeah. <laughs> this just chop, made me chop off my fucking hand. <laughs> she couldn't have done something else, though. Right. How about you just chop off his fucking hand? Yeah. How about that? How about you shut down the whole thing? Well, yeah. That's oh, the oh, thing oh. I took a really big issue with is it felt like another case of where the characters couldn't have everything. Mm. It was either one or the other. And they literally had to mutilate themselves to find any sense of strength or of themselves at the end. And to me, I'm just like, why can't it ever just be, they get both, they get their power and they get to keep their talent, you know? And I get the Uh whole ending is supposed to be the two of them coming together as one. I actually was screaming at that scene too, but for all the wrong reasons, that scene was genius. I was just like, I was like, like a starfish just sitting on the sofa couch. Yes. I loved it. I wasn't buying it. Walk me through it. I want your reaction. I mean, I just buy about 40 minutes into the movie. I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying what you guys were. I, I mean, I, I didn't, I thought the movie was very entertaining. Um, but I don't, I don't consider it to be like this genius piece of work. I really don't. I just, it was an entertaining film. And, uh, for me, like, I, I, I like couldn't get past just the, the, the conveniences of the twists that relied a lot on coincidence or stupidity. Um, you know, like I was, I was, screaming when she was sitting up there playing the cello and I was just thinking back okay so like they hate and they knocked her out they dolled her up they did her hair yeah. no one knew uh-huh. it was a wig okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean Fair. like those like I just like I was like I got to a point where I was just like finding fault and everything and like maybe that's just me but <laughs> I was entertained for the for like the trash that it was yeah, well, look, she does have a Joker level of pre-planning in her, like, I'm going to make her hallucinate that bugs are coming out of her right. room, and we're going to share yeah. this thing. And the two of them's plan at the end relies on a lot of Joker level. Yes, it does. But the thing is, <laughs> look, no, this can't happen in real life, but that's why right. it's an exploitation movie. Right. Like, it's so bananas. At, like, it's it's this delicious banana yeah. split, yeah. and I feel like... I'm I'm in between Michael and Sam because I'm not like oh this is a work of genius and I'm not like oh I hate this I just I don't hate it I just don't find it to be <laughs> this is a work of genius I don't find it to be a masterpiece and I think part of it is too is like we live in a culture now where like if you watch something five days after it comes out mm-hmm. you literally hear nothing but a one or a ten from the internet 
for if, those five if days. If it helps, I'm at an eight. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So like you go in, you're already five days behind. And like you think about that, it's only five days. Mm-hmm. But you feel like there's already like a consensus on. And like to me, I watched it and I was like, this is what everyone's praising. I just didn't get it. Mm, that can I, Hype can be really challenging. It can. I think yeah. Twitter either, especially, it's either like everyone's like, which is like great, I guess. At the end of the day, everyone's either like I said. There's no gray area. It's either yeah. something's a ten or it's a one. Like there's nothing in between anymore. Well, you know, human beings love themselves a binary. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they do. Instead of you know, the truth is that most movies are fine. Yeah, and it's like um, that's right. the thing is yeah. we've lost sight of that. Like something can be f- okay to somebody, and that's fine. You yeah. know. Well, but also when you're like tweeting something, I'm only gonna tweet about the shit that's a ten or a one. True. Because I'm not gonna talk about all the mediocre garbage I have to sludge. Through no, I understand that. But you know, when when I'm on fire for something, I'm on fire for it, and I'm gonna tweet again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Not that that's about me. I just made it about it me. But I'm, <laughs> I'm an expert at that. I but I do feel like it's. It, it's boring to tweet about anything else. So when we do get movies like this, I agree with you. It's like, you can't escape it. It does flood your feed in a way that feels like you didn't even have a chance to judge it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The hype, the hype gets real high, real fast. I yeah, that, try to ignore it as much as possible. Yeah. That's really years. the best. Thing I mean, that's, that's do. on me. Cause I always like talking to Jordan about it today. Cause she's a huge fan of it too. And we were going back and forth in a very nice like constructive way about why she likes certain things, why I didn't and stuff. And I think for me, it's like, it's like almost like maybe I just need to delete my Twitter account and not be affected oh by the hype. Wow. No, I mean, it's not, not being drama, but no, my point is falling into the hype of something is my deal. It's not people hyping it. Steal is my point. So for me to get out of that deal, it's, you got to take away, you got to take away the source that's providing that overhype for you. Right. Well, or I mean, there is also, I mean, or you can maybe, I don't know how you could approach this, but like train yourself to be like, these people liked it. I can try to just do a clean slate. Let's pretend I've never heard anything. True. Like, let's just go into this. Um, I don't know where I was going. But <laughs> I will say one thing I wanted to bring up that I didn't earlier is that I, I was fully at a seven watching this movie, but literally the last shot got me to an eight. Because I was like, this is the thesis of this mm-hmm. movie. And it mm-hmm. just connects the tone of everything. And I was like, hell yeah, we got yeah. this. The only thing I read, like, I was like, Annie said that she liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Our guest of last oh, week, y'all, Annie. Annie. We love Annie. And I was so I was like, I'm sold. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you need, you need to seek the advice of the people you trust. Right. And not the, <laughs> right. the collective mind. Right. Or, or if it's someone you like and you know that they like something that you don't care about, you, you just have to know them. Yeah. So I'm going to be real. When I texted the group after I saw it, guys, I, I mean, like, I immediately saw it and I texted everybody, oh my God, the perfection, all caps, right? You guys all got it. I was thinking about you, Michael, because when we did Carrie 2, you were done with Carrie 2 once there was a suicide and the trauma of that. And that was the moment that you had exited. And I thought, I wonder if you exited when the reveal that there was abuse going on, if that, like, took you out of it. But it sounds like it was before that. Did, curious. Yeah. If it was a full disease pandemic movie, would you have liked it more? I don't know. I mean, I liked where it was going when it was mm-hmm. doing that. So maybe. I don't know. You know what I was thinking when they were first on the bus and um, what's Allison's character's name? 
I'm blanking. Charlotte. Charlotte, when she's like asking the bus driver to pull over, I'm like, you know what? When you, if you find yourself sick anywhere, you do need a white woman with you advocating. For you. <laughs> <laughs> like the audacity. Like that's like I, I'm somebody who moves through this world, and for the most part, is like I'm just get out of everybody's way. Like leave me alone. I'm gonna move this way. I'm gonna move this way. If I can like not ruffle any feathers, like with my physical presence, I'm gonna do that. And. The, I was so uncomfortable thinking about what I would be doing if if my like lover over here is mm. well. When you're watching that part, you don't know that this bitch just fucking poisoned her. Yeah, but <laughs> I was thinking of the discomfort of like your lover losing their shit and being so sick, and then like knowing that maybe you should ask the driver to pull over. But I would be so I'd be like, oh my god, I'm bothering everyone right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, and she's I she's like giving commands yes. to that guy three yes. ahead. And like, that's what give I'm me saying. some water. You give me some aspirin. If you're in the hospital, bring bring a white woman with you. <laughs> she's gonna ask for shit that you will never ask for. Yeah, she's about to you. ask that bus driver for his manager. Yo, right, right. <laughs> Get your manager. Exactly. exactly. You I know actually what? kept Who's going, your boss. I kept going back to being in France and not knowing the language and feeling like a complete dumbass shithead. Well, and I rude. Mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I felt for sure. rude in France several times. Like. Not knowing the language, and mm-hmm. but that's really funny. Just, get, <laughs> just, just bring a white just woman. Just get you a with loud you. white woman. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing like them. <laughs> Advocate one hundred and one. Yeah, that yeah. was an interesting scene because it's such a. What do you do? Oh my so god! Stressful. You know what and I mean. That was, was the scariest part of the movie to me. Mm. Was not being able to articulate or have a connection of understanding of like this panic here. Mm-hmm. You know that was mm-hmm. scary. That was really scary. And like Logan Browning, I thought her best part of her performance was in the bus. Oh my God. And like uh. just going like that's what I was super into it. And like oh, just yeah. thinking like this is horror. Like this is horror. This is real life horror right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe because I was so into kind of like the realistic aspect that was going on at the time when it kind of did a complete swerve and yeah. kind of went into like the camp territory. I, that's, I think, a big reason why. I was just kind of like, I'm out. Do you remember Charlotte's like, <laughs> like wiping the shit off of her legs? Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like, and talking about don't her mother. Worry, I took stuff. care of my yeah. mom. And like, I'm like, this is date number two. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, this such is our like, second date. I loved, I loved that Fucking line, lesbians. though, because it was such a connection to like mm. her past. Yeah. So it like actually made a lot of sense for yeah, her. Yeah, no, I that. loved that yeah. backstory of uh, like her going to take care of her mom and mm-hmm. then like, her being hospitalized for her own mental health and um, like her shaved head and needing the wig and all of that. I thought that was excellent. And I was laughing because I think so many of us do. And when I say so many of us, I mean, lesbians get in <laughs> <laughs> these relationships where a date too, you're on some serious shit already. And it, where, whether it's like, Oh, you want to meet my mom or like, Oh, you want to move in together? Or if it's like, Oh, can you wipe my diarrhea? <laughs> Off my, off my legs because I'm dying right now. My head's on fire. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, my worst nightmare would not only to be sick somewhere where I can't speak the language to like advocate for myself or like mm, ask somebody. where a hospital is, but to have to rely on this person I just met to take care of me. Like, I would rather fucking, I was going to say something thoughtless. Mm. I wouldn't rather well, kill myself, but 
I it's hard to, for me to ask for help. Period. So, well, and I was wondering if that's what Logan Browning's character was going to do at some point. Yeah, like because she was giving such a fucking. If I thought I saw bugs running out of my hand, yeah, and I felt like, like my brain was on fire. I would run off a fucking cliff. I'd be yeah. like, see ya. But like, look, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that too. Because look, look, I'm in a relationship. But if if I find myself out of that and I'm single and I, you know, I have the diarrheas, I would want <laughs> a wet wipe lesbian to help Yo. me with it. <laughs> Like, forget the U-Haul. Just come prepared. Just come wipe my ass. I always say this. I think one of the most caring and, like, beyond thoughtful things you can do for someone is clean up their sick. Mm -hmm. Like, if they throw up, if they, whatever. That's why moms are great. Yo, like, if you, if you want to show compassion for someone and, like, mass kindness, clean, clean, clean them up like that. Uh Uh-huh. you can't I've done that for people I don't even like and I didn't even dislike them after I did it because it's such a humbling experience it really is yeah you're like well I just changed your diaper so like do I hate you anymore not really (laughs) (laughs) I mean I feel like that's what happened with my grandma when she got old like I didn't necessarily care for her as a child but then when she got old and sick and I'm like changing her diaper I'm like you know what like (laughs) she's not that serious anymore Yeah, I was really, I was fully in for Charlotte in that moment, even knowing that she may have been up no good because like anybody who's ever taken care of anybody in that capacity, like you connect, it's like, that's yeah. real. And the thing that she said was real. And I, I was like, okay, there's something with heart here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think I actually, I really like what you were saying earlier about, uh, about her kind of leading her down that path and whether or not that was the right thing. Like, couldn't you have done something else other than cut off your hand? I've put a lot of thought into it because I just I think that it may actually have to do with more. Those are the tools like she manipulates her all the way down. She gaslights Mm -hmm. her. She makes her believe that there's one choice. Right. And she goes all the way down that road, just like they did to her. And so I think in some ways it comments on the cycle of abuse and the way that she perpetuates it. Luckily, that shit, she is able to move past it after act one. I think that it isn't necessarily the best or only choice, but I think it's what she knows. That said, rather than make it become her superpower, because I think a lot of times abuse becomes, it's like, oh, it's made me this strong, superhuman person. Instead, they're like, no, fuck that. Uh, Rape doesn't make you stronger. Rape doesn't doesn't make you be able to overcome the situation. And And we can imagine for a moment a world in which the two of them had not been hindered by that abuse rather than reveling in a third act where the abuse is why we got there. It's like all they did was survive. And then what they have is each other. And that's the piece that I hadn't seen before. Hmm. So for that's me, it. yeah, it, it, it reminded me of the Me Too movement in a way where, uh, you know, when actors were beginning to speak out and there was some backlash from actors who were still in that cycle of abuse and maybe felt and were receiving some of the benefits of that. Um, it was Harry at first, right? And then there was a little bit more of a reckoning. And then everybody took their wig off and they were Rose McGowan, <laughs> shaved head underneath. But, wow, just... I did appreciate how, well, there was, I had these thoughts coming up during it about, okay, actually, back up. So there's this larger conversation among folks, um, disabled folks, about when people's when people express their fears and their fears are of like i'm i'm so scared that i'm going to lose an arm one day or i'm so scared that like what if i can't walk and i'm in a wheelchair one day and how it can be really ableist to say those things and it's i don't think any of us can not 
like understand why people fear those things because we know how ableist this world is and how hard it is to function in a world that is not made for you and does not support right. you. Um, but I kind of love that in this movie, like the, although it changed everyone's lives, but kind of like the least gruesome or horrible thing in this movie is that people lost limbs right? and yeah. that they ended up with this limb difference. And I love how like, they were making it fucking work at the end, you know? Yeah. And I, cause I had some thoughts come up like, Oh man, that'd be so horrible to lose a limb and, and not be able to like play this instrument that you wanted to play. And I really had to like talk to myself about like where that fear comes from and the fear and not that it's wrong to like fear losing part of yourself or like your life changing drastically. But I noticed that a lot of those fears for me come up because the world is not accessible. And not because like well, people's body first thing change. that happens to her when her body changes is she gets tossed to the curb. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you know, which is yeah, fucking terrible. Right, of and that and by the guy what happens so often for folks yeah. who experience like a disabling yes. like event, any sort of like yeah, yeah, life altering thing yeah, totally. if it's physical. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's always some sort of. Either it's like cast off or it's pity, mm-hmm. or you know, and it's just like I don't know, Stephen Weber, man. <laughs> yeah, he's like the epitome of that, I and mean, I guess that's like really good casting and really good performance work because Ugh. I wanted to fucking knock his lights out like, the entire movie, you know, and like uh, it is good how he. Oh yeah! Oh my God, I love it. It's such a beautiful sight to behold. I mean, I can't wait. Yeah, like an IV. (laughs) So gnarly. Yeah, so wonderful. Look, if you want to, you can be like, "Where did they get that IV?" But why would you want to? Right. Like they've already figured out how to play this instrument together yeah. like of course they can figure out where to get an iv like i was hoping the little girl would be like sitting next to him yes like with him on a leash she, she yeah, doesn't like need her that. holding a collar like, like yes. <laughs> i was yes. so glad that they handled her responsibly i was kind of shocked because coming from stuff like the audition and just that whole genre of revenge kids are kids animals that shit's gonna fall to the wayside immediately mm-hmm. and the stress of watching that scene with her knowing the history of this genre or the subgenre it was like well, we're fucked, and I'm not. Well, even the history this. of the character. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. when when he let her go, I felt like that was responsible. It's kind of like at the end of Get Out when they show the police lights, but it's not the police. But it was enough to make you think it happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I felt like this moment was. It was like, okay, Did you just get goosebumps. Yes, we got to feel <laughs> all of that um, without having to carry the weight of it. Yes. Ugh, when it wasn't the fucking police. Do you remember <laughs> that moment? Oh, my God. As soon as you yeah. saw the lights in that movie, you're like, I oh, remember I literally myself. saying out loud, going, oh, <laughs> fuck. Well, and, like, thank God you're a white person who, like, had that reaction. I feel like most white people watch the movie and they're like, oh, good, the cops are yeah, here. Yeah, no, I was like, like, fuck. fuck you. Like, that's death. Yeah. Like, with a light coming on. Like, And then Little Rel pops out and you're like, yeah. Oh, Little Rel, yes. Thank you. That wasn't the original yes. ending. Right. Yeah. I'm so glad he gave us that. He gave us a happy ending. Oh, my God. That was really, really, really poignant. I honestly think if he would have gone with his original ending, I don't know if the movie would have had the same exact. I don't think so either. Embrace. Well, it just wouldn't. It yeah. wouldn't. It's not the same movie. Yeah. It really right. changes a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like we got to see both of these queer protagonists live at the end. Yes. Which one didn't have to die. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, nobody had to die for the other. One didn't Living have to actually charge. be crazy. 
Okay, yes. being bad as hell. Mm-hmm. Did you see them playing that? I was really that that like uh, manic quality to yo. it too was so just delicious. <laughs> I just like imagine. I don't know. It was just so hot for so many reasons like not just their seduction and not just like them killing people together which is also hot but (laughs) but that shot of her lips saying like that makes me wet oh oh and like i am (laughs) i'm so gay for logan browning oh yeah oh my god jordan was saying that like in person it's like Really? Like even more what insane how pretty gosh. she is. Like Oh yeah. She's like well, it's almost like she was printed <laughs> or something like that. Like she's that gorgeous. And I think she's the person who holds the tone oh, of this yeah. movie together. Totally. Like the way she delivers the line, like, I have the bitch. Right. And just the yes. wild angles yes. that she's coming from smashing her head against the bus yes. window to oh all my this God. stuff. Look, I knew she could she do it. She do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I knew no. she could do it because I've seen her in Bratz the movie. But <laughs> it's so good. I have the soundtrack. Please do. It's it's the best trash high school movie Yo, you'll I ever see. I forgot about that. She does slam her head into that. Bus oh, window. hard, yeah. hard. So good. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I think that was a big reason for me why I didn't enjoy the second half. Is the tonal shift. I was totally all in on the sh- the tone of the first half of the movie. So when it was so jarringly shifted, like it was good for people, but for me, I just I was like, mm, I just like swing and a miss. That's kind of how I felt, and that's what I appreciated most about the movie. At the end of the day, there are some big fucking swings, like creatively, mm. like technically, like f- front and back, side to side. The movie had a lot of swings, and I really appreciate that whether I agree with them or not, because it's like bold, you know, it's like you're doing yeah. something. You're not just following like how you mentioned earlier, paint by numbers shit. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're really attempting to do something different for me. It just didn't all work, which yeah. is, you know, but the no, first I mean, half, like I was fucking all in. I kind of want, like, I want to, I want to make up the second half of the movie in my head based on that. And they're, I mean, cause they're hopping subgenres. Yeah. And, I mean, they really are, which is cool at the end of the day too. Yeah. You might like, not like both of those things uh-huh. for me. I have this love-hate relationship with pandemic movies because I'm definitely like a huge hypochondriac. And so <laughs> they're never end up being as good as they look either. God. Well, well, okay. Um, but no, like I have this kind of sick fascination with it. Like with those zombie movies that are explicitly about a virus mm-hmm. or like I watched contagion with my boyfriend and oh, he would not stop like coughing on purpose. It was disgusting. Oh God. Um, but <laughs> It's just like th- that's something that affects me really profoundly. Uh-huh. To the fa- so when it changed, I actually kind of felt a sense of like relief, relief to it. Oh, I felt a lot of relief. <laughs> yeah, where I was like, yeah. okay, thank God we can move on from this yeah. like your organs exploding out of you, right? <laughs> because if it went on for yeah. any longer, I'd be like, I think I have it. See, I was like, oh, loving absolutely. it because I was loving that sense of dread. And like I was scared, I was literally I was pulling bl- the blanket over because I was waiting for like oh, her yeah. head to explode. I was waiting mm. for some sort of organ to like shoot out of her stomach. Right. And like once it, that tonal shift, I was just like, "Damn!" I was just sitting through dread for forty minutes, and now. Well, when that man first started puking, yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh, uh, I was like, is that this the husband of old girl that was? Oh, he, she poisoned him. Yes. Like, she's trying to get out of her marriage." Or I was and like, then waiting I thought, for her to puke too. Right, I thought the twist was going to be like. 
she poisoned him and somehow realizes that these two lesbians noticed their like oh, and that it was gonna be a like that would have been you know okay. so like all throughout the movie I kept thinking oh okay now it's this thing so it's like he puked and I'm like okay she, his wife poisoned him to get out of the marriage they're gonna find out these lesbians know and it's gonna be this like the perfection chase. too you have, right. you've just written it <laughs> right. but then when she puked oh, I'm like oh no they went to Humana and now they're uh, all that's they're what all I thought sick. too yeah. And, yeah so I, I actually was shocked because I oh, remember uh, hearing that the movie was like a certain thing and I was like, this is not going the route yeah. I expected mm-hmm. this movie to go. I thought these two were going to be fighting. Maybe, I, maybe I was expecting nope. the like, the, like a black the ending of obsessed to happen like the fir- in the first ten minutes of the movie. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh. Throw her through a glass table. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Speaking just had like a facial language. or did you, did you ever see Unforgettable with uh, Catherine Heigl and Rosario Dawson? Opening night. Okay, stop. yeah. You were there too? <laughs> yes! I Rosario's love that movie. So oh I'm good okay. in that movie. Rosario's incredible. Um, Catherine Heigl, Catherine never Heigl liked her. Mm. Couldn't care for her until this movie. Uh-huh. Made for Please that movie. only play a psycho Grey's Anatomy. Also, actually her and Valentine. Catherine Heigl... Like it's bullshit. She's been like sh- she was shunned by the industry for s- literally saying she was in a oh, misogynistic yeah. movie, which was true. Yeah. And like, yep. here's fucking Mel Gibson rolling. Only around. misogyny playing- would, sh- would like shun you for that. Right. Like, <laughs> Mel Gibson's about to fucking play Santa Claus. <laughs> I. Well, uh, anyway, so speaking of misogyny, another episode. Okay. I okay. do wa- have something I wanted to bring up because it's kind of like a weird. Thing that happened after I saw the perfection, but I was on, uh, I was in a meeting with a producer and he was like, Oh, hey, what did you think about the perfection? And I thought he was asking me because of queer horror, so I just started going on about how I think that, um, this is the beginning of an inevitable queer horror boom because now we're seeing these progressive characters in a way where they're explicit and they can somebody they can live. This is incredible, and, and they I can talked have about sex it, and they, yeah. yes. And then he goes, Oh, I didn't even think about this as a queer horror film. Now, unpacking that. Kind of love. I, uh, part <laughs> yeah. of me, the audacity. So, well, part of me really digs that. The other part of me is like, if this was two dudes, there's no way this straight man would feel right. that way. But of because course. it's presented as palatable, That's which true. is good and for the benefit of everything and this movement, I'm, I'm here for it. But I am just saying it's interesting that a lot of the straight men I've talked to do not Talk recognize to me because they think that was made for them. Film. Exactly. Well, yeah. the th- well, the thing is, I don't know if this movie is for straight people because a lot of the reactions I've seen on Letterboxd from straight people, they do not get it. And obviously, obviously, there are queer people. <laughs> look, obviously, there are queer people who don't like it. That's totally fine. Michael, I, hi, hi. I'm at a five or um, six now, by the way, as we've okay. been talking about this. Yeah, um, you know those memes that are like the brain explosions uh-huh. in like series. Uh-huh. I think it's like. For the ultimate brain explosion, you you have to be a woman that loves women for to Ooh, okay. like really think the movies. Att- I could be completely wrong. I I'll mean, go with you on that. But like, if we're looking at the the people who are having the strongest reaction to it on Twitter, that tends to be the trend. Yeah, but no, yeah, like I think you you need to have a toe in that kind of queer queering of cinema mm-hmm. in order to fully embrace the movie because a lot of the people like the straight people that are reviewing it are like oh it's just like a lifetime movie and it's like like that's okay. a bad thing I, one right excuse <laughs> two like i wish this was on lifetime i wish i ever saw women fucking in a lifetime movie <laughs> yes oh my god third like the thing you know what? i'm gonna come i'm gonna put a pin in that okay i interrupted you no i think i was done so go for it pull the pin out <laughs> yeah pull the pin. blow us up i wait did i lose it damn 
I can jump in while you yeah, find it. Yeah, go ahead, please. Because yes. I have this quote that actually it applies because it's from um, Alexandra Heller. She did a review of um, – she wrote a book called uh, Rape and Revenge Films, A Critical Study. And she did a review of the film that was very positive. And, but she did speak to this. She said, it's far too rare to see male same-sex relationships presented as the foundations of neo-exploitation. This is in line with a tweet I saw this week from um, Chris Peckover mm-hmm. who was talking about would a studio make a $100 film right. or a $100 million movie that, yeah. if uh, if two men had a kiss? Mm. Uh, two of the protagonists. I mean, it, it begs the question. $100 million what, movie, would a studio make a $15 million movie? Right. Um, <laughs> where, why are we, we're still neutering those characters. I'm, I, and this is, this is along the lines of I always want to embrace with everything in me when I see something happening with queer horror. I want to grab it and hug it and (laughs) appreciate it from the rooftops. But I always, it's always with a little asterisk, which is like, Hey, um, PS, we still have work. Mm -hmm. PS, we have high standards. (laughs) We'll accept it. Yeah, look, thirsty, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you look, if your you're, you're crawling, you're crawling through a desert with no queer people around, right. and you see, you know, you like, see one, like uh, <laughs> shoot, what's the what's that uh, lady's name in Rebecca? This is Danvers. Danvers. Mrs. Danvers, yeah. <laughs> like you see her, you're gonna slurp that right up. Yeah, um, well, her you know, piss, because but, that's the only thing she's offering <laughs> you right. to drink. Yeah. Okay. No, but it's like yellow piss. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or yum, not it's yum. problematic, and it, you know anything from any time period about queer right. people tends to be problematic. Right. But you're gonna take it, yeah. But that doesn't mean we can't push it forward, right? If you're thirsty, you'll drink the coconut Lacroix. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> not what you really want to drink. You know what? Uh, that's that most pen. of what we cover. We're right. the Coconut Lacroix podcast, right? Um, oh, but I remember. Yeah, what was your pick? I, okay. you know, often you know we talked about a man making this and the male gaze and i think a lot of time we talked about it too um with jess franco Mm -hmm. like okay so men makes this movie maybe they make it under the guise of like i know men will like watching this or whatever but i think what's wonderful is that like i still get to like (laughs) i still get to like it yeah and it's like okay maybe you made this like sex scene with men in mind but guess what it was fucking good and it's like i I could I could direct a sex scene or like I can enjoy a sex scene in a movie that was made ultimately for like men to enjoy but it's like I think so many queer women or like yeah so many queer men, women are afraid man actually I don't know if I can I can't well, of course I can't speak for all queer women I think sometimes we're afraid to be like I liked that because it was made for men mm-hmm. because we somehow think that like we are reenacting the male gaze and it's like you know what like we can't even do that yeah like, we're you're- not even capable <laughs> yeah. of that because you know what like if I look at a woman and I think she's hot and like in my mind I think I want to fuck that person my maybe guilt pops up at first because I'm like, oh my god, am I acting like a man? And it's like, well, of course not, because I'm not going to kill this person when they turn me down. Yeah. And like, that's what acting and like a man is. You're not. <laughs> you're not a man, right? That's I identify with that. Yeah. Just in a sense of going back to rape and revenge. That you said so much more eloquently what I was feeling, which is that I, I, I when I admit to liking it, it's not a guilt for the genre. It's like I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to like what you like. Yes. However, but like I can because I'm not a dick or that's actually I hadn't like never mind. I'm not going to assign well, also, uh, body parts to being like rude, but like I'm not a bad person, so it's like I can like that same scene that you liked because Also a lot of the things that we like we like for very different reasons because we're yeah. different 
being. Like different Courtney Cox's different people shower differently, you know. <laughs> uh huh. I'm so glad <laughs> we're talking about it again. Thanks for coming on the show, Sam. <laughs> I'll always be here to remind you. Maybe not always. <laughs> After that, a little... and it was a nice run. Yeah. Thanks for having me. There's something a little annoying though about that producer. Because it's just like, can't we just fucking have something? You know what I mean? Like, and like, wait, what are you talking about? The producer that like didn't realize it was like a queer whore. Oh, 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 oh. You know what I mean? It's just like, come on. Like, you know, like. Well, I I think it's cool that he at least the interest is there. Like the the conversation is opening. I don't think it was more in a judgmental way. I think he was surprised. It doesn't sound like it was like malicious or anything. But at the same time, it's just like, "Mm, well, maybe Strike Eye Two women fucking isn't for you. You know, like, mm-hmm. th- 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 this isn't about straight men. It's about two lesbians. The compliment I get that I hate the fucking most on <laughs> oh, no. my last, like, I made this film, The Quiet Room. I uh. talked about it on here. Um, and uh, it, in Q&As, inevitably, at any straight festival, they go, hey, I just want to congratulate you on making a film that isn't about being gay, just as gay <laughs> characters. It's It's not a gay horror film. It's just a horror film. And it's like... Okay, parts of those I agree with. Like, <laughs> like yes, I did make a film that's not about gay identity, but it is a queer horror film, and I own it. And it doesn't feel it, like a knock to me to embrace that. Right. I it get literally what stars really drag queens. I think what the it's like straight people are just trying to say, hey, thanks for making something accessible that didn't scare me off. I get it. And I want to I wanna hug you and help you shape that sentence better. So for the next guy, <laughs> it doesn't sound so offensive. Yeah, I mean, I think my initial reaction of like, oh, I love that is because I would like to be a lesbian that can like walk by a straight man and him not notice me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. Good. Don't notice. But I, but I also, it kind of reminds me of when someone's like, oh, I didn't notice that uh, that person was black or like whatever. And I'm like, fuck you. Yes, you did. I know. Right. Like, like d- I'm colorblind. it's also okay to notice mm-hmm. like, and being colorblind is some fucked up, stupid shit yeah. that none of us need to do. Well, isn't well, not yes. seeing color, like quote unquote, not well, seeing color is part yeah. of the reason why like we have underrepresentation. I'm like, have fun being white. Like you're the only people who can say shit like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, and, be- well, is, isn't the like inherent problem at the core of that in the sense of like when someone's like, when they're telling a story and they're like, Oh, this person in the story was Asian and they're like, Oh, it matters or whatever. Um, the problem with the like people who say like oh i am colorblind is because that assumes that the default is white exactly right so like exactly. they never say oh i saw a white person walking down the street because you have yes. to you assume that that person is white mm-hmm. and straight yep. and whatever unless they mention it right so um, until you know everyone gets to be called what they are that's why it's weird right yeah like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, most people like that. Their default is to hire people that look like them too. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's predominantly white people in everything, <laughs> you know, or predominantly mm-hmm. men in everything. If men are doing the hiring, they're hiring other white men, you know. So like to say you don't see color, that's like, why you're only hiring other white people. Do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you see it the most. Yeah, Every, I can guarantee. You know, it's hard to have those conversations with people who don't have like a deeper understanding of like white supremacy and how it infiltrates every single thing that we do or say because i was having a conversation in the midwest last week when someone was saying blacks instead of black people oh and i was like i you know i don't really have the time to to convince you that like you should you should add people and take off the s to any like ethnic group of people that you're talking about or anyone like the gays that like any i don't want to hear any of that with an s and they like could not comprehend 
why that was offensive. And I was like, listen, I don't have time to give you a history lesson, but what I can tell you is that when I hear someone add an S to that, it, it signals to me some other things that they probably right. feel. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not saying the gays usually with like a positive connotation right. after saying it. Yeah. 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 Like I just almost immediately know you're a dumbass. Like, that's what I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And well, language is so tough. Like, look, my boyfriend and I tend to reclaim that phrase, like, oh, the gays, they're at it again, or oh, whatever. Yeah. But, like, oh, yeah. it, it is always that thing of, like, we can do that. Exactly. We get it, Brennan. You have a boyfriend. Some of us are single. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, should I just call him by name? Would that be better? But I just, I feel like I can, I assume that everyone in the room just doesn't necessarily know who he is. So I just call him that. But I always feel like that lady in, um, in Seinfeld is like, my fiance. <laughs> oh, my fiance. I lost my fiance. So I just call, I'll, I'll just call him Sergio from now on. I just think you should bring him up more. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can do that. Bitter Sam. Guys, yeah. <laughs> anyway does the perfection get a pride float oh if you asked yes. my boyfriend he would probably say i don't know sam what do you Your what do you say sergio yeah i uh this is not just the pride float this is like the grand marshal float it is two giant Jimmy Choo heels with the gold cuffs, underneath yeah. mm-hmm. the cuffs. Mm-hmm. But you can, like, with the dress behind it, it is, because that image is giving me life every day. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. And they? Yes. Definitely. Michael? Yeah, it does. And it's, uh-huh. Allison, it's Allison Williams' wig on a wig. Ah! Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, yeah. so we don't want a shitty float. <laughs> yeah. No, no, okay. I love that. I love it. I was like, that wig is horrible. And then she takes it off like there's a worse one underneath. Well, she okay. watches Drag Race, so she knows the rules. I say yes to float. I want Logan Browning's eyes, like a full eyes of TJ Eckelberg billboard on mm-hmm. the top of the float. And I just want her mouth just saying, I'm so wet, over and over again. Ooh. And then, like, all the people come out of that. I'm going to need um, DJ Von Kiss to remix. I was just going to say, give me yeah. a remix and you, like, walk into the Season factory two. that's yeah. all you hear. Yeah. So um, I think I like this movie now. Okay. I'm up to, like, almost like, you know. And I think discussed. I don't like this movie. I'm taking it. Yay! <laughs> I did it. Also, I just want to say... Theus and Jeffrey are maybe my two favorite characters in sound cinema because they do nothing, but they're mentioned all the time. Um, oh. Like the two other well, teachers. Those are two teachers, the, yeah. No, because Stephen Weber's always like, Theus, Jeffrey, come here. Or he's like, Theus and Jeffrey don't approve. And they just kind of sit there very stern, like they're, I don't know, like these stone statues of the gods. I honestly like, thought the they gods. were until... Yeah. Jeffrey's Definitely. About I mean, they still might minutes, be. Right? Yeah. 80 minutes in. What do you think True. they're doing behind the curtain, like, when they're waiting to be called? Oh, just definitely sick tac toe. Sucking each other off. And they're just for bitching sure. about Stephen Weber. Yeah. <laughs> what, okay, name? question. What? What was Stephen Webber's character's name? Oh, God. I don't like know. Artemis back or something? Off. <laughs> yeah, back that was the name of the Academy. Yeah. The Back Off Academy. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that was a pure exploitation. The exterior yeah. shot of that was beautiful. That was wonderful. Yes. With the snow. Also, when, did, when do you think Stephen Webber was at his peak? Like, when would you... Like, when would you? Like, when would I... When would you say he's at his peak? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ernie was doing like a twisting motion <laughs> to talk about the microphone, but I thought he was indicating about, like, like a terrible hand job. <laughs> so I liked Steven Weber most, I think, when he was on Brothers and Sisters. Oh, I would say single white female, probably. probably. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, also, I'd heady that. Not in terms of corkscrew <laughs> handjob, but also he's so good in his episode of Party Down. He's so funny. He's a good comedic actor. Yeah, anyway. He's in like everything. He's in Wings, right? Yeah. Oh my uh, wasn't God. He, he was the rambunctious He was. He was that would be remake? mine. The Shining remake. Where the, um, the bad man, yeah. CGI animals come to life. <laughs> oh God, that scene got in the book. to see Fuzzy so Weber Dong. I was into that. Fuzzy. Who doesn't like love a fuzzy dog? Fuzzy. That's like, oh, like, I okay, the graphics. Right okay. Yeah, the graphics. <laughs> I looked right at you. Who doesn't like <laughs> a fuzzy dog? I don't know. I mean, I can be down for a fuzzy dog as long as it's on a woman. You know what I mean? Well, like, would that cause problems? Like the, te- like, the texture of that doesn't feel right to me. Like, does that work? What? A, a hairy dick? Yeah, like like I if, if like, fuzzy I'm too literally, like, I was full felt fuzzy visuals. Like I was if there meaning. if there's like a felt dildo, I don't know that. How- well, I well I've never fucked a felt dildo. Yeah, no, I could be interesting. Well, I could tell you, please, who report back. Regularly fucks felt dildos. It's okay. <laughs> it's tough with. Would have to like be uh-huh. filled with like a pipe or something. You have to throw it out <laughs> like 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 a jelly donut. <laughs> yeah, it just be like, all felt. It's like that's not the exfoliation I need. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like it would. I don't know. It feels like it, it would hold germs. There would be lots of crevices <laughs> involved. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's the pride flow. Brian just bought all this felt stuff because there's this <laughs> artist in L.A. Well, she's from England, and she came to L.A. and did this exhibit where she literally made an entire go- grocery store out of felt. Ooh. And it was like grocery store size, so like all the products were f- made out of felt. And like – like Cheerio boxes made out of felt, like all this stuff. So we have a bunch of those little tiny things lying around our apartment. See, oh, so this cute. is our this is everyone's lesson to shoot your shot. If you're an artist, make your art. <laughs> she literally okay. is making just, just go do it. So much money now. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Go do it. Have just like I said, find you a wild ass white woman. <laughs> okay. Borrow some of that audacity <laughs> and run with it. You want to make a fucking felt Cheerio box? You fucking do it. I have a felt Pepsi can. That sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty great. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not hating. Next time you're over, your I'll show you it. Yeah. Okay. And my friends bought a, a like a private piece from her, and it's literally every color you can think of of Heinz ketchup bottles. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I brought that up. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm oh, because we felt dildos. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Did you Back get to the pride yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unanimous pride float. Oh, uh, yeah. It also so, gets a party, I think. Well, yeah. a, a, a concert. A sym- yeah. A symphony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All the yeah. lesbian cellists of the world. Mm-hmm. Unite. <laughs> Unite. They all have to play. And there's like bows everywhere and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wigs. Wigs. Fingers. Finger, um, not peepholes. What are those called? Frets? No. No, 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 no. Uh, glory holes. Mm. Oh, we're just glory holes. Through? Yes. And then like that. some sort of jello mold so of her puke. Hot. Okay. Yeah. What? Jello yeah, mold of people, just uh, full of worms. Yeah. Like, or maybe real. Some people are into the real puke. Yeah. yeah. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're winding down. Uh, where can we find everyone? <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, sure. What? Could I jump in and uh, tell you guys about something very important? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, well, no, I mean, as, as much as that was. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about puke some more first? Listen, um, it's it, Pride Month, and yes. uh, I'm very excited to be 
participating in AIDS life cycle. This is my second year. Um, last year I, I was one of the people who was a cyclist. They basically ride from San Francisco to LA. We raise money for, uh, it benefits the Los Angeles LGBT center and the San Francisco AIDS foundation. Um, last year together, 3000 cyclists and roadies, um, raised 16.6 million. I think it was but over $16 million. Uh, and, and, we can see those results here in our city. Like we, it mm-hmm. money goes directly to um, HIV prevention, uh, funding medical care for people. And even um, the LGBT center just opened up a new youth shelter, which I don't know if you guys have driven by it. It looks bomb. Uh, it's just so cool that we are a city that takes care of our people. Right. And I participate in that because that's something I feel really strongly about. I use that, their health services and um, everybody there's awesome. So anyways, how you can help, um, if you go to to fighthiv.org slash go to slash Sam Weinman, you can make a donation. Um, any we'll post amount. that too. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's also definitely. all over like all of my socials. Um, and it doesn't matter. You can do it any time of the year. I mean, yeah, a lot of people raise money before the ride and you might not hear this until later and that's okay. Like any time of the year, it will yeah, benefit totally. these places and it's awesome. Cool. This year I'm Love not it, cycling. Sam. I am a volunteer. I'm a roadie, but. So important. Uh, yeah. I love I'm that excited. you're doing that. I you're a good person. It. Yeah, and oh, and cool. for that reason, just as a forewarning, next week neither Sam nor I will be here. Um, Sam will be out saving lives, and I'll be on vacation. Everyone, bye. Me <laughs> um, and Michael got something real cute coming up. Oh yeah, no, get ready, no spoilers. Right, but um, I'll be with my boyfriend. Um, okay, but you guys have okay. fun, Sergio. Sergio. <laughs> I know you grew up in Ohio, but you I can said his say name it. wrong. On purpose. Oh my god! When we went to Cincinnati, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Um, no, but not a single person at any restaurant or Starbucks or whatever could pronounce Sergio. And I was just like, I guess Spanish hasn't gotten to you yet. Yeah, Cincinnati is something else. It's it was so trippy. <laughs> you gotta go anyway, what's up? I want to talk because I can. We don't have what. Oh, yeah, do it. Okay, cool. Hey, uh, one more really exciting thing. (laughs) Um, We will be hosting a live episode at the Frida. So if you are in Orange County or the L.A. area, uh, the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana will, on June 21st at 8.30 p.m., uh, we will be watching Sleepaway Camp 2. First day of summer. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, Oh, I love it. Longest night of the year, too. Longest day of the year. Yeah, if you guys are around, come Come celebrate with us. Is there going to be a link for people to buy tickets, or is it first come, first serve? How's how's it going to work? They're posting their June schedule. We're on it. And yeah, it'll be be a link to buy tickets. I would suggest buying them online, because sometimes their events sell out. But you never know. Um, But you can also get them in person. Okay. And then we'll be doing a live show after. We will, yeah. so We're hang around. a live show. Well, yeah, well, uh, jury's still out on whether or not it's going to be recorded. I still have to talk to Ernie about that. Oh, okay. But, but you can enjoy it is happening live. live 100% for sure. Right. And that's the beauty of live theater is sometimes you don't get to replicate it. Like, you yeah. don't get to experience it again. So you yes. should definitely go. So come see about us. Um, June 21st, Frida, Santa Ana. Brian's going. Okay. My boyfriend. Sergio's going. Should I bring uh, um, my Hitachi? Because that's my girlfriend. <laughs> yes, please. Everybody else bring it somebody. <laughs> okay, so where can we find everybody online? I'm on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken. Perfect. 
I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Black Cupcake. Yeah, and my art is at Gaudi Los Angeles. It Thank sure you. is. Twitter and Instagram at Sam Weinman. Classic. I'm on. <laughs> no wait, the show you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. You can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. And that's just, that's about that is that. You're beautiful. My that's classic it. catchphrase to end the show. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.